Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. So what are you supposed to do between each Engadget podcast? Wait in silence? I'm Matt Smith, and every morning I walk through the day's biggest tech stories. It's short, relevant, and ready for listening whenever you wake up. Find Engadget Morning Edition wherever you find your podcasts, or ask your smart speaker for the latest news from Engadget. What's up, Internet, and welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Devendra Hardwar, and I'm joined with our Senior Editor, Jessica Condit. Hey, Jess. Hello, hello. Hello. Uh, Sherlyn is uh, out this week. Let's put it that way. She she is out because we're talking about games, and she ran away immediately. So it's going to be Jess and me on Game Talk Day. As always, if you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe to the Engadget Podcast on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a review on iTunes, and uh, you know we typically do a live stream thursday mornings around 10 a.m eastern uh join us on our youtube channel for that it's always a good time you can always email us at podcastinggadget.com too if you have any questions or comments we really appreciate the feedback and before we get started with the show today i just wanted to say a word with what's happening in the world right now we're recording this episode on the morning of thursday february 24th last night russian president vladimir putin announced a peacekeeping operation in ukraine which really is just doublespeak for saying that he's declaring war on a sovereign neighbor. We've been hearing reports about this uh, over the past week, but now it really does look like Ukraine is under a full-scale assault by Russia. We're just a tech podcast, but I do want to say we're holding the people of Ukraine in our hearts, and we can really only hope that this invasion doesn't escalate much further. But I also get it. It's hard to be hopeful when the threat of nuclear war is on the table. If you want to learn more about what's happening, the New York Times Daily uh, or The Daily podcast has several recent episodes exploring why this is happening and what it's like on the ground now for reporters and citizens. Especially right now when things are so crazy, I would say stick to trusted news sources. And I know The New York Times has problems, but uh, it's, it's pretty good for this kind of reporting. Just check out those episodes. I think they will clarify a lot for you, especially if you're not just reading all the news all the time. And for any listeners in Ukraine, we hope that you're staying safe. Let's move on to less serious video game talk so we can all take our minds off of where the world is going. Horizon Forbidden West is here. Jess, uh, you did a review for us. You've played this game quite a bit. I uh, just wanted to say, uh, you know, wh- what did you think of this? So Horizon Forbidden West was a delight. It was surprisingly good. Um, I wasn't quite sure what to expect out of a sequel to Zero Dawn. You know, it's like, okay, what are they really going to do? What's going to be new? Is she still going to be the savior of the world? Spoiler, yes. Um, but they added, so Guerrilla Games made it, they added a lot of depth just in the environments alone. So Forbidden West, I live in the Southwest. I love running through these these deserty scenes. The sunsets are gorgeous. They really capture just like kind of that dry feel <laughs> that, that we have out here. 
Um, and then it goes all the way to the coast um, and you, you see the Golden Gate Bridge dilapidated. It's it's really cool. Like you see Vegas. Is it, is it a post-apocalyptic game if you don't see a dilapidated Golden Gate Bridge? Well, you, you know? have to. You like, absolutely you have, to. have to. It's yes. the law. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's legally in the contract. Yep. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but they have like underwater in this one. And I am terrified of the water. That's like what I led my review with was like, yo, I'm scared of the water. I was not excited <laughs> when they when Gorilla Games was like, yeah, we're going to have a. Uh, we're going to have water. It's going to be totally swimmable. Yeah. Have fun. You're um, going to have like uh, very scary situations where you're running out of breath. I, I always hate those in games. Uh, ever since Sonic. Ever since this, Sonic. Exactly. You know? See, that's the thing. Uh-huh. The the having to manage your breathing while while diving. Plus and then the large music, creatures. That, that plus the large music. Large creatures. <laughs> the Sonic song when you start losing breath is just like do 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 It gets like louder and louder and more threatening. Like uh, that is... That's seared into me. Uh, but I, I, yeah, for anybody else who has a fear of drowning, I feel like games really recreate that quite a lot. They do, dude. And it's it's always scary. It's always there's always mm-hmm. some jump scare or something. But no, actually, they I think they approached water really well in this because, yes, there are some scenes where you're holding your breath. But very quickly, Aloy constructs a gadget that lets her breathe underwater. Sure. And then it's sure. just like you're flying around these around these like neon cities. It's really, really cool. Um scary but like you know playable even for someone who really doesn't like that um it's it's a really cool game very dense crafting customization um all the characters the voice acting amazing it was a pleasant wonderful surprise i i did yeah. not expect to like forbidden west as much as i did so yeah you know uh and we don't we're not going to need to spoil uh zero dawn or anything I, I think like you can gather some ideas about what what happened in that game uh i kind of fell off of that game because it felt um it also had like cursed timing, right? Like that came out around the same time as Breath of the Wild. And if I'm going to spend dozens of hours in an open world game, I'm I'm going with Nintendo every time, you know? Uh, but I kept trying to go back to it. It always seemed like the combat was a little slow. Moving was a little slow. Um, but I hear from a lot of people that they really like the story. So what I'm doing now is I'm playing Forbidden West, uh, just assuming, you know, I'll be spoiled on quite a few things. I'll probably go back and finish the first game like a prequel or something. Um, do you think this game is, uh, you know, is a highlight for the PlayStation five? This is the sort of like triple a single player experience that Sony really leans on. Right. So is this like up there with God of war and everything for you? Yes, it really is. It's big enough. It's dense enough. Um, one of my complaints, like specifically with, you know, open world games that I've played recently, Halo infinite, not an open world game. You know, this is what I was saying in my review horizon forbidden West really shows how it's done, how you make an engaging world that forces you, forces you, that encourages you to grind, <laughs> but really it, it it's forcing you to do the things that make the game interesting. And that's, I want a game to push me toward those things. Um, but you still have this, this freedom of expression in terms of like, you can really go wherever you want to go at any given time. You can fight whatever robot dinos you want to fight, but you, you will probably die if you're, you know, overpowered. So in terms of like PlayStation 5, though, I loved playing it on the PlayStation 5 with the DualSense just because that controller changes the way these games feel. Um, not only is it beautiful on PS5, it's, it's beautiful on PS4, too. But it, that DualSense, that haptic feedback when you're, when you're using certain weapons and you feel the tension, it's really special. I like it a lot. Um, and that's, that's one reason I play a lot of my games on PlayStation is just for that DualSense. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we'll talk about Elden Ring t- uh, soon too, but that that is a sort of like decision making I'm having. Like, do I do I want it on PS5 just for just for the haptics? Um, are you feeling at all like over? I don't know, over, done with open world games though, Jess? Like, we have seen so many. You know, it still feels like Assassin's Creed Valhalla came pretty recently. That was you know the launch games of uh of the PS5 and Xbox Series X. Uh, does this one like does this elevate? itself beyond like a typical open world game or is it all about like there's so many things to do there's all this stuff on the map you just got to go do it it's so assassin's creed i gotta say does not capture my interest i have tried so i've started many of those games and they just don't do it for me i don't know what it is but yeah forbidden west it's there's something there yeah. it is you know with with assassin's creed it's like i know exactly what i'm gonna get and i get it forbidden west actually surprised me in a few ways and it was that was really really nice um i I like the way Forbidden West did it. This was this was the open world game for me. I think right now I need a break. You know, I think I need to dive <laughs> into some smaller. I need some more indie stuff, some narrative stuff. Um, but I mean, yeah, Elden Ring is definitely on the list too. So we'll talk about that though. We'll talk about that. Um, you know what? I I'm like an hour into uh, Forbidden West. Would you say this one has a slow start because it's kind of taking yes. a while to kind of get yes. going for me? Okay. But- Mm-hmm. When I started the review, I was like, oh, no, it's so slow. Oh, no. I was I oh, and no. it took maybe two hours until I was like, oh, OK, yeah, I like this. So give it some time. Um, let it let it take you there. But honestly, you don't have to have played Zero Dawn to enjoy Forbidden West. You really don't. It's like it gives you all the context you need. You can very much easily dis- discern what happened in the last game. Um, it's a it's a story about saving the world. So, you know, they yeah, they're all about the same. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're all they're all about the same i mean the facial animation so far like it does look like gorilla games is really like up the game in terms of like what they're doing it does look like we're watching cg movies now which is just kind of wild to me did you see yeah. that tweet that was making the rounds with <laughs> yeah okay yeah okay about, let's talk about let's talk about uh, aloy please. beard yeah aloy beard uh-huh. um and i saw the response to it that i saw was tell me you've never met a woman in real life without <laughs> telling me you've never met a woman in real life or another human being apparently honestly but, yeah. have you ever looked yeah. at your own I, whatever um so yeah there was a tweet where like the the graphics or it was the cover art it was the box art of yeah. or was something it, it was like uh, a Vanity poster Fair or something yeah sure there was a very high-res image of aloy yeah. and they show like she has like little you know peach fuzz on her face like guess which, what which everybody women does. do yeah. <laughs> and it feels great guys but and this <laughs> this person was like uh why does aloy have a beard and so that is the power of uh of increasing performance and graphics because now now we can see yes women women have slight facial hair and a lot of people do, and everyone is covered in hair. And now we get to see it. You you have fur on your ears, everybody. Go go look closely at your ears, especially if you're getting older. You get a little peach fuzz there too. It is uh, it's hilarious. It it's is cute. hilarious. It, it was funny. Yeah. I just assume it was a 12 year old or something. I don't know. <laughs> like tweeting <laughs> that out. I assume most of those Reddit, yeah, most of those Reddit Twitter threads probably 12 year olds, but or people with the maturity of, tw- of a 12 year old. I'll say. Uh, as we're recording this, everybody's gearing up for Elden Ring finally being released. Uh, have you been able to spend any time with the Jess or are you looking forward to that one? I have not. So I've been buried in, I was doing Horizon and now um, mm-hmm. a little teaser coming tomorrow, Steam Deck mm-hmm. reviews are coming out. Oh, so I've, okay. I've been pretty busy um, and 
I, I want to play Elden Ring. This is not my typical game. Like, I am not really a Dark Souls kind of person. Like I just said, I'm not really looking for an open world game right now. But just reading the reviews of Elden Ring, I mean, people are blown away. Um, I mean, what about you? Are you into this one? I am, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm of two minds about it. I've tried every single Souls game, and I've never, like, really fully gotten into it. And it does feel like, I think there's a divide among gamers who are like really into those things and the punishing way uh, it forces you to play them and, you know, the constant failure and everything. Uh, my younger brother loves those games. He fully gets into it. And it may just be like, do you, do you have the time in your life to spend doing that? Because I'm also at that point right now where I, I have a kid. I have so many things to do. I'm expecting another kid. Um, there There is so many things happening. If I get 15, 20 minutes to game... Uh, that is, you know, that that is the gaming I can do for the rest of the day or for an entire day. Uh, I, I can't progress in these games. I can't really go forward. And when it does feel like I make any progress, some stupid enemy comes in and like takes all my souls, you know, mm-hmm. and makes like yep. the hours I just spent kind of worthless. So I think it's a vibe. I think there is like a punishing vibe that people get into. I remember growing up uh, playing games like Ninja Gaiden, right? Like the really, really tough stuff on NES where there there is no checkpoint system right you get to the last boss and you die you go back to the beginning of the game and the game is really hard so i i remember those days i didn't like those days either um this just seems like the latest iteration of that uh we'll say the reviews of this one definitely have me um they have me intrigued like they always get me intrigued you know i bought bloodborne i have dark souls Mm -hmm. 3 um i think sekiro i spent more time with uh just because the combat felt really good and then i got to super hard boss and i was just like i i cannot spend more of my life doing this so i take little bites and morsels from all their games but this is one i take i want to like spend some time with i just hope you know i can actually get that time um yeah are how are how are you looking forward to this one compared to the rest so I definitely like I want to play it on PC because I think that's where I like that's the vibe for this one. Not 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 couch for me. That's that's where I go to relax. <laughs> you know, PC is where I go to work. And I think I'd have to work <laughs> at this game. Um, and that's OK. You know, sometimes you're in that mood, right? Like I don't generally go for very punishing games necessarily. Um but every now and then, sure. So no, sure. I don't think I'm going to like finish Elden Ring. Yeah, I don't think that's really the vibe for me. But every now and then, maybe I'll dive in. Maybe I'll check it out. And maybe I'll get sucked in even. I wouldn't mind that. I'm kind of looking for something to really wrap me up. Um, you know, I'm Forbidden West. I'm done with that. So um, we'll see. Yeah. For sure. There are a lot of uh, discussions right now about like accessibility and like making games more accessibility in terms of like can can you actually play this like difficulty having different levels difficulty or, levels yeah. and whatnot yeah Elden Ring certainly doesn't have that the the souls people will never do that uh compared to something like Horizon Forbidden West which I believe has like just a straight up story mode right are you disappointed in that or do you do you just feel like that is the artistic intent of what they're doing with Elden Ring like it's either for you or not right exactly i i understand the conversation that's happening about around yeah. accessibility i just I don't think it applies to Elden Ring. Uh, like this game, this is what it does. Um, I, I don't Some think games that it can be hard. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, the point of Elden Ring, the point of Souls games is to be punishing, to make you grind and work and, and try new things and do it again and again and again. You know what you're getting. If it was, if there was an easy mode, what is the game even? What is the game? 
<laughs> so for me, I'm totally fine. This game is not is not the one for people who want an easy experience. Done. Move on. Play something else. That's that's just kind of sure. how I see it. Yeah. And also, I guess this game is coming out at a point where like we just we just want to like disconnect from everything happening in the world a little and just like you know give me a greater hellscape than the hellscape of our reality right now. So yeah, maybe I'll vibe with Elden Ring more than the other games right now. Yeah, exactly. I I love the gothic fantasy like vibe. That's very very cool. So maybe it's maybe it's just fun to live in that world for a while. I agree with that. For, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think part of it too is like playing a game. Sekiro didn't quite have this, but playing a game like Bloodborne, where it's just like so gothic, like every like you're you're breathing it right. Everything you're in is so dark and twisted. There's these freaky monsters and like I. I love this stuff. I love horror movies, but being in that world and also how punishing it is, like it, it definitely scratches a lot of places for me where I'm like, I, this, uh, this is hard for me to play. And also I don't like playing this because of the way it makes me feel. So again, one of those things, it's a very specific aesthetic either for you or not you. Uh, I'm, I'm looking, spending, I'm looking forward to spending time with this folks. Uh, let us know, are you picking up Elden Ring this weekend? Let us know your thoughts about it. And maybe we'll have a deeper discussion later on, on the Engadget podcast. Anything else you want to add about this, uh, about this game or horizon, Jess? Um, no, just when you said like games that are hard to play, I just had a flashback to resident evil village. Yeah. When I played it in yep. VR, it was especially mm-hmm. like I played it in VR and I couldn't touch it for like two weeks after like. Oh, it yeah. was just like I don't want to go back in that house. Thank you, no. <laughs> like, so like there are games that do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it's too good. Is is a way to look it's at it? It's too good. It, I kind of had that effective. feeling. I was testing out the uh, the environmental audio, the like surround virtual audio that Sony does in the PlayStation Five with Returnal, and that game is already so like it is so punishing and like so crazy at times. Like also hearing all the enemies around you in 360 degrees uh, in a a bullet hell. Oh my God. I just, I wanted to like throw my headphones across the room. Like it was just way too much. So yeah, there was a point where Resident Evil Village, by the way, it's Mm -hmm. not Village. It was the one before, but either way, the one before (laughs) I just don't want people to call me out for the VR shit. Yeah. Resident Evil seven. Although is Village getting VR? I don't know. I would not do Mm -hmm. it. Like I just, Mm -hmm. you know, Resident Evil is scary enough and uh, VR just kind of made me sick and, and, too scared to play so no <laughs> <laughs> well you know what speaking of vr let's move on to some other news uh we did get the final reveal or i guess the next reveal sony's doing the playstation vr 2 stuff very weirdly where it's just like press release here random drop here uh this week they randomly showed us hey this is what the headset looks like and um it looks really sleek I'll say that like it has the same like curved aesthetic as the new controllers they debuted a couple months ago. Uh, it looks a lot less chunky than the original model. Um, but the original, I've tried every VR headset, folks. I've reviewed a ton of them. Uh, that cheap headset, like cheap comparatively to all the PC ones, felt better than most other companies. Like putting on the original PlayStation VR was a reminder that like Sony sometimes like some not all the time but sometimes can like know exactly how you need to build a consumer product and it had the right amount of cushioning and balance it just felt good to wear uh this one looks like more of the same and it looks like it's going to fix most of the issues we had with the original uh, psvr it has inside out tracking like they talked about so we have some like I see four sensors at the front here. That means you're not relying on the PlayStation camera like you had to on the original. Right. Oh my god. Which is amazing. What- what madness that was. Uh, my living room was just a disaster every time I set that thing up. Exactly. Uh, 
the new motion controllers also look great. They are certainly better than the move controllers, which are like 15 years old at this point. Like they were, they were old by the time the PSVR came out and then the PSVR just used them for several more years. That was really wild. Um, but this thing just looks like super comfy tech wise. Uh, they say it's going to have eye tracking too, which again is not in any consumer grade VR headsets yet. So I am also surprised to see, uh, Sony doing that before everybody else. Like, I don't know what Oculus and or Meta are are doing at this point. So are you excited for this thing, Jess? Like, would you want to try this out? Well, yeah. See, I was just going to look up if it has foveated rendering. I, rendering. I guess they don't really say. But that, would be, of, so that would be impressive. But eye that's tracking the thing. is I impressive. Mean, so yeah. the idea of foveated rendering, right, is that you are, what you're looking at gets rendered at a high resolution than everything else. And that is actually pretty... It doesn't take much tech for that. It just, they need to be able to like support that on a software and platform level. And I believe they talked about that already. So I would expect that. That's like table stakes. Um, Yeah. 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 But it does sound like the controllers are going to have haptics similar to the move control to the dual sense. That's cool. It's, I don't know. It's hard for me to get excited about a VR headset just because that's not really how I want to play. You know, I understand. Sure. Sure. It works for some people. There are experiences that can only be in VR. I totally get that. Um, it's just, meh, doesn't do much for me. And you said something about this being sleek. Did you say sleek? It looks like a PS5. You call that sleek? It's That's uh, not a synonym I mean, in, in my terms hand. of like the other headsets, which often look like TVs that yeah. you're just like slapping on Big your black. face. Like it like, is. Yeah. Yeah. This almost has like a sport goggle look to it, which hey, I appreciate compared to like what all the other PC ones are doing. Um, did you ever play Half-Life Alex, Jess? No. I feel like that is the thing. And it's a shame that, you know, that thing came out, what, two years ago at this point and also launched with Valve's Index VR headset, which is still like the best to me, the best overall like a PC entry. Um, but I'm sure Sony's like, hey. Hey Valve, just just bring that sucker over here. Like we we can we can do some good stuff with that. And I feel like when more people get access to that game and also where that game goes story wise too, uh, that game has some of the most harrowing like gaming sequences I've ever encountered, but also some of the most beautiful ones because it is a shooter natively made for VR. Um, it it is immersive in a way. I just wish it was more accessible to people. So put that on PlayStation 5, put that with PSVR 2, maybe bundle that, like make that like a, a new big orange card box. <gasps> a new orange mm-hmm. box for VR. Was that mm-hmm. only on Xbox? I don't remember. I feel like I, I had an Xbox. That's what I had it on. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. How funny. I remember that, that being a be big cool. deal. Yeah. That was a big was deal huge. on the Xbox. And also Portal is coming to Switch, right? So yep. it does seem like Valve is like opening things up a little. Um, I, I would put money. You know, Half-Life Alex is one of the most impressive VR things I've ever seen. So, yeah, put it on what's likely going to be, um, you know, a very popular VR headset platform. So we will, uh, you know, we'll we'll see what's up here. Um, also, random announcements this week. Uh, Thick Ryu. Wide R- Ryu. Wide Ryu, Street, yeah. <laughs> wide Ryu he's a, from he's Street a Fighter 6. Beefy boy. That's all we got. Yeah. <laughs> That was really upsetting. I don't know, man. Like <laughs> he is I wide. Just, he does take up the wide screen very, very well. Yeah, and that's fine. Like I, I can deal with a wide Ryu, but like that whole teaser was <laughs> tragic. I don't even know. Like, what yeah. was the point? What did it what actually show? And why are they using an Adobe stock image as their logo? 
so, <laughs> so to re- recap the news, Sony, I think for a week or so, like for a while, had a countdown timer uh, on the web, and people were like, okay, well, what's what's happening here? And over the weekend, they announced or revealed Street Fighter VI um, with a very wide, highly uh, detailed Ryu versus a new guy from the other games, Luke, who I, I've not, I've, I bought Street Fighter V, but never really got into it too much. Um, just Ryu versus Luke. They don't even like throw punches or anything. It looks like it has the same like inky uh, art aesthetic that came with, I think, four first, right? Uh, so they've been kind of like leaning on that for a while. Um, this It's baffling. You say Street Fighter Me, like I'm immediately excited. That is like one of those defining games for me. Like I remember the first time I laid eyes on Street Fighter 2, The World Warrior. And I remember like begging my parents to spend like goddamn $80 for the SNES cartridge um, that think, think of like how much money that would be now. That'd be like spending $150 on a game basically. Um, but like, yeah, I was fully on board with that. I played with that. I played that game for hundreds of hours with my friends growing up. So yeah, I'm on board for street fighter. I don't, I don't know what to make of this. How are, how are you feeling Jess? I, again, like street fighter. Yeah. It has that, that clout. You could say street fighter and everyone gets excited. That's cool. But I mean, this just, it didn't show me anything. Like, what am I supposed to get excited about here? Like there, it was, it was like not even that pretty of a teaser, you know, like yeah. it was, it was just like, okay, yeah, we get show it. Show me Guess something it new. Great. It seems like the detail is there. Uh, there. There's a lot of feet, a lot of highly yeah. detailed feet in this one. Yeah. Uh, the muscles are very ripply. Um, I just, I kind of want something new. It does feel like uh, they've been focusing so much on esports and like I don't yeah. know weird gameplay minutia, which is fine. They, like yeah, the fighting mm-hmm. game community is huge, right? And Street Fighter mm-hmm. is definitely a part of that. So like they should be focusing on that. That's absolutely right. I just I don't know what they were trying to do with this teaser. Like was it just like yeah we exist? Okay, you could have just exist. tweeted something. <laughs> I think I'm more annoyed because Street Fighter Five, remember, launched without like a single player mode or an arcade campaign, like. I do miss the story elements. I miss like just being able to play this game by myself without like trying to be, uh, you know, want to be esports bro. It feels like they lean so hard into that with the last few games, where it's like, I, I just, I just want to play Street Fighter, guys. Like, let, let me, let me do some Hadoukens. Um, it does feel like I felt a little left behind, especially seeing how much people are loving Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat story, which is a weird thing. I never thought. I, I hear about those games um, are great no they're truly yeah. great yeah yeah they're fun so I, I've heard that I <laughs> am possible. I was never as much like in the schoolyard battle of what's better Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat like early early on I was like always 100% Street Fighter I was like ride and die Street Fighter uh, no, but I, I know Mortal these Kombat. more recent yeah <laughs> these more recent Mortal Kombat games uh, are good I hear they're good they're fun uh, and so the Capcom movies. also announced Mm-hmm. The movie's good. So, uh, the movies, which movie? The Van Damme the movie? The Mortal Kombat movie. The new, oh, the the new Kombat Mortal Kombat movie is like very entertaining. <laughs> it's it's something. It's something. <laughs> it has it has some good ideas. It has some great fights. I thought it was uh, fun. Great actors. It was uh, Mortal Kombat has successfully hit movies harder and better than Street Fighter. So I will grant you that. Um, although the Street Fighter two animated movie like that anime was really good uh capcom also announced a couple other things they're also kind of cool dark stalkers like a dark stalker compilation game um hyper street fighter 2 which was a weird one that like collected a whole bunch of like 
different versions of the characters too. Is that going to be like one one title, or is that going to be like a, a, a single title combining? All. Yeah, right. I don't see a name here, but I am looking at the news. It sounds cool. I like Darkstalkers. I miss Darkstalkers quite a bit. Um, I just hope, uh, you know, I, I hope they treat Street Fighter Six right. I hope it launches with, with an arcade mode. I don't need like, uh, you know, a, a George R. R. Martin story on Street Fighter, but I would like something. I, I care about these characters to a certain degree, so give me, give me like Fast and Furious level drama, you know, with Street Fighter, and well, I will be fully on board. Put Vin <laughs> Diesel in Street Fighter. Oh my god! I was going to yes. say, why don't we yes. just cast Vin Diesel? That sounds amazing. And George R. 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 Martin, he has enough to do. Okay, leave him alone. He's he's plenty busy with Elden Ring. Elden Ring and another thing he's starting to like it. Uh, dude is dude is super super busy. So uh, for someone who doesn't yeah. produce much anymore. I mean, oh, I guess he does, though. I guess he does. He's he does. Producing he a does. Lot. Just, just not, not, not the not, book he's supposed book. to write. That's OK. That's OK. Moving on to some other news. I uh, just want to briefly talk about Intel and AMD, which both announced uh, some powerful new notebook chips uh, over the last week. And I think this is worth pointing out because um, for both of them, like it could really change the way we game on our laptops. AMD in particular, the Ryzen 6000 uh, chips that they're announcing have uh, RDNA 2 graphics. So like a stripped down version of the graphics that are in the Radeon RX graphics cards, the latest ones. And also like that tech is in the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. Like that is the GPU tech behind everything. This is severely stripped down. But AMD is saying like these processors without any additional video card can play like modern games in 1080p HD uh, you know, with decent settings. Some of them you may have to like go to low quality settings uh, to hit 60 FPS, but still that is super impressive for a notebook. Like imagine having like a MacBook Air level notebook uh, that could, uh, that could actually like play some games decently. I think that's pretty surprising. So it's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. It's super nuts. Yeah. And uh, Intel announced its latest, it's like U and P series um, uh, ultra portable chips. Uh, and these are on the new hybrid design. So they have these things called P cores and E cores, performance cores, which are super fast, efficient cores, which are less fast, um, but kind of handle like low power operations. And these chips also sound really exciting, especially like the P core stuff. The benchmarks, both of these companies are putting out there, like their 28 watt chips could potentially be much, much faster than like 45 watt plus chips uh, we were seeing last year from other folks. So, hey, your laptops this year, uh, if you are in need of an upgrade, I'm looking at you, producer Ben. Um, this is a good year for laptops, and uh, just keep an eye on all of that. I'm still in the middle of uh, reviewing the Zephyrus G14, which is one of the first ones with these new Ryzen chips. So you'll get some of my impressions with that, but it's very good so far. Um, so just wanted to like highlight this. Keep an eye out for this hardware, especially if you're looking for new PCs, folks. Last thing I want to mention, there's a new Steam tool for the Steam Deck uh, that can check your library to determine what games are compatible with the Steam Deck. Have you done this, Jess, now that you're tested? We know you're testing the Steam Deck. Yeah, so I've done this. I did it yesterday and I did it today. Mm -hmm. And already I have another game added to my verified list. I am going to double check that this is the full list from, (laughs) you know, uh, I... So it's from... It's pulling games from your library. Like this this page lets you put in your, your Steam ID and then it tells you which games are going to be ready to go on deck, which ones are kind of ready to go and which ones you shouldn't even touch. Um, but honestly, like 
there are what 60 some thousand games on on Steam and they've tested just a handful. I mean, a thousand it feels like. I I, I don't even Let's see. Actually, I have the list. Yeah, we, we have, assume they're starting with like yeah. the most popular ones, right? Like the the biggest sure. games, and then slowly moving down. Yeah, seems that way. Um, spoilers: Team Fortress Two doesn't seem to be supported. Um. You know who who needs to play that anymore? <laughs> Not Come that on. there's there's no developers working on that. It's fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like it's interesting. I mean, Steam Deck is definitely a new way to play. So this is going to be a helpful tool for anyone who wants to, you know see if their pre-order is worth it. <laughs> like you can see yeah. which games you'll actually be able to access and which ones you'll just be taking a chance on. Um, mm-hmm. And then you can make a decision from there. Yeah. Yeah. I canceled my pre-order and I don't feel bad about it. So I, I guess we'll, we'll see like where this thing goes. I'm looking forward to reading your review tomorrow, Jess. And uh, yeah. Any, any other news you want to highlight Jess? Like what is going on in your neck of the woods? Or are you just like um, so deep on your game reviews? Yeah, honestly, it's just been like Elden Ring was a wonderful surprise this week. I really liked mm-hmm. seeing those headlines, in, yeah. especially on the tales of Forbidden West. It's like we're just getting some good games early in the year. These these consoles can can actually you know support these games, and we're going to see how all these studio deals shake out um, mm-hmm. over the coming years. But right now, it seems like we're in a pretty cool spot for games. Like there's just plenty to play and plenty of ways mm-hmm. to play but i again i guess some people still can't get a ps5 you know like there are still shortages it's, there's still roadblocks mm-hmm. here so yeah it's so tough it's so tough uh but yeah good time for if you actually have access to these systems and if you have free time to play games that's what i need i need i need to like buy free time uh my daughter just started going to daycare and that almost feels like i just bought free time for myself so just need just need more of that. Um, let's move on to what we're working on. I'm also testing Intel's new Dragon Canyon Nook. That's their next unit of computing device. It's like a s- small form factor desktop, basically. Reviews are going up right now, but I didn't get it in time to like do that fully yet. Um, so that'll probably be going up uh, next week. Uh, I like the Nooks. Uh, go check out all my reviews of those over at Engadget. This one looks like an evolution of the one from last year where it could actually fit in a full-size GPU. So it's very exciting. Um, just looks really cool. I love a cute little desktop. So keep an eye out for that. Jess, anything else you're working on that you want to ha- shout out? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to dive into Elden Ring. Steam Deck reviews go on live tomorrow. That'll be a video and written. So you'll get oh, wow. Great. a look at it. Um I, yeah, I can't wait to talk about the Steam Deck. I really can't. That's been that's been <laughs> consuming me. So uh, yeah, look out for it. It's coming. Yeah, I feel like uh, for me, I was really comparing it to like uh, my my sorta Steam Deck, which is throwing a backbone on my iPhone and just like streaming games from my PC. It was like, hey, this works, and this is where I'll be playing Steam Deck games. So I'm like, uh, th- this is fine for now, uh, but I guess we'll see. I'm also debating like, uh, should I just get that Switch OLED? I'm playing a lot of like Eastward. Should I just? I need that screen, don't I? And it's so cute. the the switch The switch lights, all the colors. They're so nice. Yeah, I want to say all the things I think, but I'm not. No, not yet. Uh huh. Uh huh. Gotta wait. We're just trying to get all the all the news out of Jess here. Okay, let's move on to our picks for this week, and I want to talk about the Uncharted movie. Which uh, are you interested in? That Jess is that is that something you'll ever see? No, <laughs> um, I'll just watch Indiana Jones. I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, just watch Indiana Jones or yeah. or like the the first like Angelina Jolie Laura Croft movie is not yeah. bad. Like it's, it's yeah. a decently silly action movie, perfectly fine. 
Um, go go watch like National Treasure. You know, Nicolas Cage's National Treasure. Uh, I read a review of Uncharted uh, for Engadget, and the headline is Uncharted boldly goes nowhere. And that is basically what I feel about it. It it does feel like a weird. It, it's weird that this movie exists at all because Sony has been talking about this since uh, 2008. 2009 like since i started my movie review podcast the film cast we have been talking about a potential uncharted movie it's so (laughs) weird it's so weird and like uh top tier directors like david o russell were once uh once involved uh people i know who i consider friends like dan trachtenberg uh who directed 10 cloverfield lane like he was potentially involved and he got he got kicked out of that too it is um this is a like a cursed project but it's here it finally exists. Uh, this one's directed by Ruben Fleischer, the director of Zombieland and uh, Venom. And mm-hmm. I feel like every success, every movie he makes after Zombieland just gets worse and worse for me. So I, I didn't have much hopes going into it. I think this movie is, it's not terrible, but it is like aggressively mediocre. You know, like Tom Holland as a young Nathan Drake. I don't know. I don't know about that. Like, I just can't. I, he's everywhere. He's adorable. We all love him. We love watching his uh, his lip sync dance he he's a cool dude everybody loves tom holland um i feel like he's a boy in like in man's shoes you know trying to be a man but there there is a point in this movie where he has this like obligatory uh tom cruise uh, shirtless scene where he's just like working out in his uh, apartment and then it's like tom holland you look like a wrestler he has like a 12 pack he is just like beefy then beefier than you would expect under under like the spider-man outfit um but i like him just fine i think he is great as a peter parker as the in this movie not so much um it's just really disappointing like the the action wasn't great the writing isn't great it just feels like an assembly line movie right like you know what you want from uncharted you want you want a set piece let's plug in a set piece from the game let's not make it look realistic or anything and because you're not actually playing it because you're not holding a controller or anything it's just like less exciting than doing that same thing on the game so i i don't know how do you feel about this how do you feel about like video game movies in general jess i i mean generally i'm a fan like fine if you want (laughs) to dramatize i i don't care if people take like franchises and do something different sure. with them. Like that's do really something. exciting. Yeah. I don't have to engage with it if, if I don't want to. And this is just one I don't care to engage with. Um, it's it, again, it, it just seems mediocre. All the, all the, all the promos for it. I was just like, this is nothing. And then your review kind of sealed it for me. I was like, all right. It's yeah. just, it, it is wild. This movie has been in the works for so long that Mark Wahlberg was initially going to be Nathan Drake. And now fast forward like 12 years, he's old enough to be Sully because it just took so long. Like he is now the senior like sidekick character rather than being the main character. Just kind of wild to me that that is how long this project took. And was it all worth it? Like for watered down Indiana Jones folks, like games that were successful because they were so cinematic. I don't understand the appeal of like going backwards. Right. And just like trying to bring that back to movies. Do something what, what different with it. Yeah. Like that's the thing. If you're going to, if you're really going to make a movie based on a game, then find something that makes it an interesting movie and run with that and and really draw that out and don't just put the game on a with real people on a big screen like that don't just don't just what do is the that? thing yeah 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 i so think the last uh, super successful one i can make up is the sonic the hedgehog movie which is a blast i love that movie because it has it has fun voice work uh has jim carrey like in like pure 90s madcap jim carrey mode too 
which I I'm fully down for. It's sweet. It's funny. Um, has like nice references to the games, but it's not like beholden to what the games are. That is probably what you want to do with a video game adaptation. It's just a I shame that so many movies. Yeah, what's that? Sorry, I got another Detective Pikachu. Yes. It's so cute. Right. So cute. It's very cute. <laughs> yeah. So it's very it, cute. it can be done, but like really they gotta have fun with it instead of just yeah, putting the thing on a different screen. Eh. Maybe it's easier for the kids' properties too. I am uh I'm a big fan of uh the Silent Hill movie, which is kind of messy. Like I don't think it ends well, but aesthetically, like stylistically, it cool. um it's really cool looking has a cool like cool like aesthetic basically um it's directed by christoph gans who has like done very cool like action you know french action movies like brotherhood of the wolf so yeah i it can happen it's just so so rare so many failures and it's just like i don't know it's disappointing to me um i can't i can't think of what else like uh, werewolves within did you did you review that or write Mm -hmm. about that i feel like um, but that was that was a movie that came out recently, which is based on a VR game that nobody played. But that's a game adaptation, technically. So, you know, that's cool. That's a thing. I love that. See, see, they found something special and they they knew it would work well in this medium, so they ran with it. That's that's what should be done. Like you know, the Resident Evil movies, generally trash, but I mean, they're like popcorn the fr- the trash. Right. I yeah. I watch them because like they're they're inoffensive, but they're also I don't know they are kind of like so bad they're good and then so, the uncharted movie the just looks one, like mediocre so meh. yeah the first resident evil movie is like a genuinely decent action thriller from sure, the 90s yeah. and of course from the guy who directed the mortal Kombat movie too so i feel like he had a good sense of understanding what to bring over from the games and whatnot so anyway enough about uncharted any is there any pop culture stuff movies tv books you want to highlight jess yeah, so I had a second to think about this before we started the show. Um, so podcasts are my thing. I listen to a lot of podcasts. And I've been listening to Sweet Bobby. I finished it. Um, oh. This this is a like limited series podcast. It's a single story. And it's the most extreme catfishing story <laughs> I've ever heard. Okay. Okay. But it is, it is so tragic. It is hard to hear what this one woman went through for like 10 years of, of being lied to and her life kind of taken over for like truly no reason. It seems Um, it's a fascinating podcast. So sweet Bobby, if you're looking for something to binge, that's, that's what I've been doing. Cool. Cool. I would recommend to you the Trojan horse affair that I talked about last week. Listen Um, to that. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. That is, that is just like deeply, deeply compelling stuff to me. Is sweet Bobby nonfiction Jess, or is that fiction? It is nonfiction. So it's a real story. Okay. And it's from mm-hmm. this woman's mouth who went through it. And then there's investigative reporting and they're trying to find, you know, what happened? Who is this person and why are they doing this? Um, and it is it's devastating and confusing. Um, and, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, humanity is a weird, a weird thing, isn't it? And it really so weird. There's also it's funny. We're seeing so many like podcast adaptations into TV series and movies, too. And I feel like that works better. Right. Like that works better because then it's like, OK, you took the story, which you had like maybe a limited view in and then you can expand it with cinema. Whereas I guess games, it is it's harder. It's harder to figure out what you leave and what you keep and what what does uh, non interactive uh, cinema add to an interactive experience? You know right. that that is a tough thing for us to figure out. Um, but cool, I will check the show out. Thank you so much, Jess. I 
think that'll do it for this episode of the Engadget Podcast. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own managing editor, Terrence O'Brien. The podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find Jess online at... At Jess Condit on Twitter and uh, Instagram, Jess L. Condit. Great. And you can find me at, at Devendra on Twitter. I also do the Filmcast podcast at thefilmcast.com. We just uh, did a retrospective of all the Scream movies on our uh, Patreon, too. So check that out. That was fun. Was, I'm really looking forward to seeing Scream 5. So Scream movies are good, it turns out. Anyway, email us at podcastandgadget.com. Leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe on anything that gets podcasts, including Spotify.